today, we're talking about three things, bread, boats, and baptism. Just to be clear, we're not talking about burritos. That was handy. So I found this book, Sleeping with Bread, Holding What Gives You Life, and I was captivated by the opening illustration. It says this, during the bombing raids of World War II, thousands of children were orphaned and left to starve. The fortunate ones were rescued and placed in refugee camps where they received food and good care. But many of these children who had lost so much could not sleep at night. They feared waking up to find themselves once again homeless and without food. And nothing seemed to reassure them. Finally, someone hit upon the idea of giving each child a piece of bread to hold at bedtime. And holding their bread, these children could finally sleep in peace. And all through the night, the bread reminded them, today I ate, and I will eat again tomorrow. I'm so captivated by this illustration of these kids holding their bread at night to sleep. A little piece, maybe, of hope and reassurance that tomorrow I will eat again. Or maybe a little bit of reassurance and hope that these adults will take care of me. Maybe a little peace and hope that what is past is gone and there's a different future ahead. But the question for us as we begin is, what are you holding on to? Maybe you don't literally sleep with bread at night. But what do you have as an idea that you hold on to? Or an if that you hold on to? If this happens, then I'll be filling those blanks. What are you holding on to? So that's the bread. The boats, of course, is the scripture that Laura Legis read. And in it, Jesus goes across Lake Galilee. And in it, a huge storm comes up. And about, it almost turns the boat over. So, as you hear this story once again, I want you to listen again and wonder, what are the disciples holding on to? It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So wh what are the disciples holding on to? You know, at first, perhaps, the fishermen in the group, who are expert boaters, they're familiar with storms and waves and things like this. Perhaps first they leaned into their own ability, their own skills, their own expertise to find their way through the storm. And I imagine for many of us, when we face a storm of life, we begin there. We turn to our own resources. What do we know? Who do we know? What do I have? What can I use to get through this? 
And perhaps like you in this past year of pandemic, you've been brought to the place where your resources cannot solve the storm. And where do you turn to then? The disciples in the boat, second, they turn to Jesus, who's sleeping. So Jesus is sleeping on this boat, and we can't even begin to imagine what that's like, because how do you sleep with the wind, water splashing on your face? How do you sleep? I mean, is Jesus so extremely exhausted that he's sleeping? Or is there something more? Was it trust? Jesus had this trust in God, his Father, that he was okay. That if God had a plan, God would follow through with it. And if it was God's plan for him to drown in that storm, then that is what would happen. But if it was God's plan to bring him across to the other side, then that is what would happen. Jesus has this absolute contrast to the disciples in his ability to sleep in that storm. So the disciples reach out, and they ask Jesus to do something. I guess they ask him to do something. They just want something from him. And what can Jesus do? If they think he's a simple carpenter, what was he supposed to do in that moment? Fix the boat? But they knew something about Jesus. They had this sense that Jesus could do something. They may not have fully realized it then, but Jesus was more than what they even expected. And this is a great picture of the progression of faith in the New Testament. We see as the disciples get to know Jesus or attracted to him, as they get to know more about him and discover him until they fully know who he is and believe fully. That progression of faith happens in the, the Gospels. But here, we're in this slice where they don't know who Jesus is fully. Because if they knew that the creator of the wind and the seas was on the boat with them, would they have been afraid? If they fully believed that Jesus was in control because he was the God sent to earth in human form, would they have worried? Their fear indicates that they have a sense of who Jesus is in that moment, but they don't fully know. Their faith has not been fully formed. So Jesus calms the storm, and he says to them, Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? They wanted Jesus to do something, but Jesus wanted them to trust him. They wanted, Jesus wanted them to put their faith into him and in his presence with them. Jesus doesn't say to them, don't be afraid. You know, the storm, it's legitimate. They are in danger. It is perilous. It's not a don't be afraid. It is, why are you so afraid? You don't need to be. I am here. And you can trust me. Even in the bad circumstance, you can trust me. Often when I read this little story, I get caught up with something and I can't think about anything else. And maybe you thought the same thing. There's this line that's so fascinating. It says, there were also other boats with them. 
who are these other boats? What are they doing? What about them during the storm? I get caught thinking about them. Are they getting upset saying, oh, those guys, they have Jesus in their boat. They're going to be fine. But what about us? We're all alone. And then when the storm just suddenly stops, what are they thinking and experiencing? This story is so fascinating because it is more our experience of Jesus. You know, maybe you've been on a boat before. I've been on boats lots of times, and Jesus has never physically been there with me. But Jesus was there with me spiritually. And it was true for the people in the other boats as well. Jesus was still with them. God was still with them. God was still in control. It didn't matter if Jesus physically was in the other boat. God was still with them. And so those guys in the other boat make me think, ah, Jesus, wherever you are, you are here. And this great reminder to act in faith and move toward God in faith. Because it begins with this big question, is there a God? And we step toward that in faith. And then Jesus specifically, Jesus, who are you? Are you the one rose from the dead who is the Savior of the world? And step towards that in faith. And then even more practically, bringing it into my own life and into your life, God, do you care about me? Do you care about me? Are you personal and real in my life? And that's the invitation in this story for Jesus to say, I want you to trust in me and trust in my presence with you. Because Jesus on the boat or Jesus not on the boat didn't matter. God was present with them, and it was an act of faith to take hold of Jesus. Today, third B, is Baptism Sunday. It's a very fun day. Baptism is this outward sign of an inward thing. So just like Jesus, we do not see it's spiritual. Baptism is something that happens inside of people, then we do not see it. Hopefully we see the evidence in a life transformed, but we don't see being made a child of God and adopted into God's family. And so baptism is this outward sign that shows us this person belongs to God. And it's a declaration of that person to the community. I belong to God, and I am going to live my life following God's ways. So baptism is this marker, this event. And there's a reminder to us all in the community when baptism happens to remember your baptism. To remember your baptism. And you might be thinking, well, that's very hard to do. I was baptized as a baby. Or as a child, and I don't remember the events of my baptism. But that's not the point. To remember your baptism isn't about that event, but rather to remember what God did in taking hold of you. And taking hold of you in your life and bringing you to himself. To remember that God has moved toward you in this way. In baptism, we have this reminder that we are washed and cleansed by God. It's an act that God does to us of forgiveness of sins. And we remember we have complete forgiveness of sins. 
John Calvin wrote this in uh, trying to help us remember our baptism. He said, as often as we fall away, we ought to recall the memory of our baptism and fortify our minds with it, that we may always be sure and confident of the forgiveness of sins. So on a day like today, we remember our own baptism to remember what God did in taking hold of us and forgiving our sins, and also to remember what we committed to and said, yes, I am a follower of you, and I'm going to put my life in yours. In baptism, we have this great picture of being united with Jesus in his death and his resurrection. You know, we'll see in a minute when people go under the water, we will say, dead to sin, connecting to the death of Jesus. And then we'll pull them up out of the water and say, alive in Christ. And this being united to a new life in these people. And so we remember that for ourselves. We celebrate it with the people today. So who needs to remember their baptism? Obviously everyone. But I want to make a couple of reminders for us today. Who needs to remember their baptism? First, the people in the storm need to remember. I mean, storms of life come on us all. And every Sunday as we gather here or as we gather online, people are gathered with hard things, painful things, difficult things, everything things. You know, you think about this past year, the gathering here or gathering online has brought together almost every possible storm of life and for us to experience it as individuals, but then we experience it together as a community. So who needs to remember ba their baptism? People who are in a storm. So if you're in a storm this morning, to remember that God has taken hold of you, to remember the promises that God has given you that his love is unconditional and it never changes that God took hold of you and will never let go. And to hang on to the presence of Jesus, no matter what the circumstance is going on around you in the storm. So when we're in a storm, we need to remember our baptism and to remember that Jesus is with us in presence, loving us, caring for us, and bringing us through. Jesus may not calm that storm in your life, but it is enough that Jesus is with you. These storms are often helpful because they bring our attention to God. We might be cruising through life until something difficult happens and it's beyond our resources to solve. And in that storm, we are brought back to God to be reminded of God in our life. Second group of people that need to remember their baptism are people not in a storm. And this is a way more difficult thing to do because also gathered here on church every Sunday and online are people who are having every success and joy and celebration of life. I mean, you might be celebrating that you got a promotion at work. You might be celebrating any kind of thing possible here on a Sunday morning. And we celebrate with you as well. And in that, we realize that it's more difficult to realize our need for God 
when the needs are not present, like in a storm. So we need to remember our baptism. I hope today, as we go outside to the yard, that you will remember your baptism. Remember it. Recommit your own self to following Jesus. Remember it and taking in once again the promises God gave you and that he will keep going with you. So, I encourage you and invite you and exhort you at the end of service to come on outside and celebrate baptism together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this act of baptism where we are united with you. To remember that you forgave all of our sins and you have raised us up to new life. And I pray that would be the life that we live. Not distracted by the things of this world, but focused on you. Thank you for those being baptized today. I pray that you would meet them in presence this morning. Pray this name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.